is just do I, you want me to like say hey guys or anything? Yeah, go for it. I'm gonna do just this right here that you're doing. <laughs> yep, this is the realness. Hey guys. <laughs> Supernatural. Supernatural. Yeah, yeah, real, real, real. This is just a reminder that the doors open to our Wayme Unlimited coaching program this upcoming Monday. What? That is March 15th. So if you are craving some connection with other business owners who are aiming to run intentional businesses, meaning not just hustling to make money and grow for growth's sake, we're not about that life, but to really thoughtfully craft a business that supports a sustainable lifestyle, then this is definitely a program that you should look into. We offer monthly coaching sessions, a very welcoming private Slack community, access to a library of endless business trainings on every aspect of your business, and the best part is once you join us and you pay off the program, you get everything we create in the future and you never pay us again. Wow, 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 I know. wow. So yeah. if you want to check it out, go to wanderingamefully.com slash join. You can get more information. And again, it opens up on March 15th. That's this Monday. And we wanted to share another one of these awesome messages we got from our existing WAME members. We call them WAMers. This one's from Corey. And Corey said, WAME is excellent. With big corporations losing the relationship game and seven-figure coaches selling unrealistic outcomes, it is so delightful to be part of a business where the interactions are personal, the advice is valuable, and the experience is enjoyable. Yes. Love that. Love this. This love is great. Love words like delight and enjoyable and yeah. valuable. And the personal connection. I think that's the thing that people are really surprised about. There's no manager running our community. There's no one. It's just us. It's a, And in Slack, Hello. you send me a DM, you're going to get a response probably within a couple hours because I'm neurotic about it. So great. I want to work with you and help you. We want to work with you and help you. And we thank you, Corey, for that friendly message. Welcome to What Is It All For?, a podcast designed to help you grow your online business and pursue a spacious, satisfying life at the same time. We're your hosts, Jason and Caroline Zook, and we run Wandering Aimfully, an unboring business coaching program. Every week, we bring you advice and conversations to return you to your most intentional self and to help you examine every aspect of your life and business by asking, what is it all for? Thanks for listening, and now let's get into the show. And I'm here too. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode nope. of the Wander. Hey, look at me. No, we're not gonna just breeze right by it. We're gonna. You're gonna tell everybody what you yeah, did. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, no, I wait. I okay, want to be ahead. specific. Yeah. You're not a bad kid. Okay. Okay. You're yeah. not bad. Yeah, I actually didn't feel bad. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. But you should though. <laughs> <laughs> I changed my mind. You should feel bad. Uh, tell everybody what happened. Yeah. So I, I'm usually very good. Most of you probably know this already. Like I'm mm -hmm. very disciplined. Like I do things. I'm regimented. I get them done. Um, I have a little record audio recording device that sits within arm's reach of my incredibly long ballerina arms. And there's a little button that you press to record, but you have to press it twice. And out of the corner of my eye, I can always see when the red light on the button is lit up. And it's about a half an inch wide. So it's not like a gigantic button. Now, here's the thing. Because it's just far, you, hold, hold on. on. Because it's just mm -hmm. far enough out of my vision, if it's yeah, huh? blinking, I can't tell that it's blinking because it's not big enough and it's uh -huh. not bright enough. Uh -huh. But then if I just turn my head slightly, I can get back to where, mm -hmm. oh crap, I forgot to press the button. So here's what happened. We just recorded and I looked. It was a minute and 47 seconds of preamble and jokes and silliness. We missed all that. So we're going to redo it. Okay, look at me in my eyes. Yeah, yeah. That was not a minute and 47 seconds. Love of my life. I think so. So you got all the first, the intro that we recorded? Yeah, two separate files. So here's oh, a little cue okay. in for everybody else. Okay, okay, That uh, That hot read you guys yeah. listened to, that yeah. hot ad read, 
uh, that's done. That's a separate file. Okay. That's why we do them as separate files. So that's what messed me up is because normally we don't have like a pre like a pre record or pre episode thing. Right. So, so now you were out we're of in, your rhythm. Because look, we're such sleazy marketing promoter people that, we that we're do doing ads. these ads for ourselves and our own products Ugh. and sustain our living and provide for this podcast. Because how else do you afford to be able to do a podcast? Because shouldn't all content be free? It and should just... be. It should be. Listen. Anyway, I, so I forgot to press the button, uh, and we had ever been going. So I just admitted. I'm that. hearing a lot of blaming the buttons. I'm hearing a lot <laughs> of blaming everyone else. But I did say I. No, you, you went on a long diatribe about something about the buttons not being big enough and the lights <laughs> not being bright enough. I heard a lot of that. I didn't he, did not hear a lot of personal responsibility being taken. That's okay. We'll we'll work on that. Um, <laughs> I will say that. Uh, this is good news because I thought we had to also re-record the no, first no, no. bit. No, no, no. I got the good stuff. I got what the was, important what was stuff. Our, was there anything funny in our preamble? It was the socks thing. Well, I did a radio announcer voice. Hey, no, what's no, up? No, no, and no, welcome no, to Z-O-O-K hey, radio. Hey, that, I, which you didn't like. No, no, no. I really don't like it. I understand. Like it, like and it. No, no, did, no. Hey, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm not doing no, it again. No, no, no. I'm not doing it again. <laughs> I promise. Me, look at me. Look at me. <laughs> it makes me feel differently about you. <laughs> Why? I need you for our marriage to not do the radio. <laughs> is it voice. a face that I do while I do it? Or is it just Okay, I'll tell you what it is. It's a volume issue for sure. Yeah. And then it's like a gravel part where you're like, ah, I don't like that. I don't like that. And then you do a face too. And it's like my cute husband disappears and it's like this like douchey, like Guy Fieri visor shows up and I don't like it. Okay. All right. For what it's worth, I'm not saying Guy Fieri is douchey. Right. I just mean it's like the, it's the visor, the, the vibe. vibe. It's the vibe. The Fie- so, it's also Guy Fieri. We've talked about this on a previous episode many episodes ago. Uh, So what we missed was I did my radio voice, so I'm not doing it again. And then I did a newsy voice, which is just very similar. Which we're not going to do. Sounds old timey. No, no. That one doesn't affect you as much. (laughs) I don't think I like that one either. I don't like like current radio voice, and I don't like previous times newsy voice. I don't like either. What about like a voice like this? What is that? Okay. That's just like a random voice. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Like, ah, like a coach Steve. Ah, you do like a stretch. Like you know? mouth. Yeah. Oh, wow. How so you that? did a voice. Was that pretty good? Now I need the fan on. Now it's hot. Jason, you're fine. <laughs> okay. So the really important thing that everyone missed in the first recording was the story about the sock hole that you had in your socks and how you don't care about wearing mismatching socks or even different size socks. Or you'll have the, a hole in the size of your sock the size of Alaska and you will leave right. that sock on until I throw it away. Yeah. I think you would wear a sock with holes in it forever i don't yeah, know it doesn't what, bother at, what, me. at what point do you just, decide that i just feel like it's covering most of my foot it's fine right right um except for the important parts which are your toes that no that hole was in the ball of my foot it wasn't the toes so I, my toes i pulled it apart at your toes well that's because it kind of my toes were poking out at that point but the the thing is also that what they missed was right. we said that we took a photo of this and we were just going to put it on our instagram we right. weren't going to tell you when so you had to follow us to like get the sock content photo and if you want that sock but content now, at wandering Gameplay. no i think we should keep it in the vault now <laughs> <laughs> i think we should release it like 10 years from now and be like remember the sock photo yeah and we're everyone, releasing it out everyone, of the vault you know out of the we vault. could do it we could release it as an nft nft it's that photo. one photo you guys will a hundred people can own that photo and it'll be worth we should have a, lot a segment of on the show where it's just like carol, we've talked about carol this. explains we've talked about this nfts and no, it's, no, yeah it's like carol tries to explain yeah and then it's stuff that we know you don't know anything about yeah. i could do the same thing it could be the same thing for me yeah like but you, usually you've like done a little bit of research and i what i really like is to get your explanation and then 
try to regurgitate it back to you. Right. But you got to give me credit on the NFT thing. I came up with the baseball card metaphor and you felt like that was smart. That's a then great metaphor. Then you listened to a podcast and you were like, he had this great metaphor about a baseball card. Yeah. And I was like, and it was, I literally told it you It was that. a great metaphor. Thank you. Yeah. That they talked about on that podcast. That I also came to a separate conclusion. Yeah, you did Your too. wife. Yeah, but, you did but, too. But let's listen to these, these men that are not related to you at all. And wow, they really had a good point with that baseball card metaphor, but not Start my a wife. podcast. Maybe I'll think you're a little smarter than you are. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's just a podcast <laughs> that a wife is trying to make her husband realize that she's smart. Where it's like all the stuff she normally tells yeah, him, yeah. but she just says it on, on a, a podcast. podcast. Yeah. And so then he's like, oh, I wow. heard on this podcast. Wow. And it's like, it's literally. All the things I'm already that saying. That could be an SNL skit, it honestly. It's good. Yeah, okay. yeah good. Uh, all right. So that's the preamble. That's the sock photo. Get it on Instagram what at Wandering Gameplay. What I was saying play. before you realized is that I also need to get myself a pedicure, which I think I might do on our little staycation. Yeah. So uh, there's a fun little life update for you. As of recording this, we've actually already gone on the vacation and returned. Time paradoxes. Wow. What is time? It's like we're in the Matrix. Or are we in the Matrix? Or is everything a simulation? I don't know. Are you Neo? Am I Neo? Is the rabbit down the hole? Who knows? Red pill, blue pill. What are you choosing? Quick. Now. Red or blue? I think... I, there's a weird red or blue don't you can't think this long blue there you go you're welcome i think there's a reference to do you know this reference to the red pill thing no oh this is like a thing that like q and honors or people use oh, now so great. you gotta be careful oh wonderful yeah. can't even enjoy the matrix anymore <laughs> uh sorry lawrence fishburne you did a great job anywho we're going on a little road trip to Joshua Tree. We live two hours from Joshua Tree. We are not going to see any other humans. We're not going to interact with another person. It is our first trip in quite a while. And it's just to, we'd like, we need a reset. We just need, after the first two months of this year, your dad going to the hospital with COVID. He's actually still in the hospital as of recording this. You getting shingles again for the second time. It's the, all the domestic terrorism. Like, it's just been a start to the year yeah, for so us. Yeah, so we're going to get we need a, a little. Reset. We're going to reset. Yeah. And, you know, we're going to get our, scratch our little travel itch in the safest way possible. Is what you know doing. what we are going to do? We're going to recharge our crystals. That's what we're going to do. I wish I had some crystals to recharge. We could scrounge some up outside. Well, first of all, What's no. the difference between the outside crystals and the crystals you buy in a store? Well, uh, Those ones are blessed? Mm-hmm. By crystalline? <laughs> the god of crystals? Crystalline! <laughs> no, no, that's, that's glycerine. <laughs> <laughs> that's glycerine yeah but glycerine <laughs> ew glycerine I just yeah now I only want to think that people who like crystals wait oh wait you said crystalline I said <laughs> yeah I said crystalline I started saying glycerine which is just sounds too sounds yeah. dirty and it's glycerine is the actual yeah, name yeah I know of the song. Oh, okay, but crystalline sure. from Bush crystalline yeah no yeah. no you know that thing I did about the radio voice oh come voice? on <laughs> there's no comparison alright let's move into the episode that is way too much preamble for everybody but it's you know just the enjoyable part so as you already know what's going on here are you dying <laughs> yeah that definitely peaked the audio to, i tried to tell you you got your big old jug of water get a little sip here you made me laugh too hard and now i got a little oh situation do you think i'm as funny as your laughter represents or do you think you're someone who just laughs at a lot of things? I, I am unfortunately for you someone who does laugh at mm, a lot of things but I do it. think you are funny is there anybody who's listening to this that could send me some positive affirmation about <laughs> my level of humor that you think like no Jason you are above uh like 
average humor person. You are. But I just want I want emails that people say you are above, above average humor, humor person. person. <laughs> Could you send that exact email? Hello please? at wanderinginfo.com. I also want to say you're not someone who laughs very easily, and so I find it very validating when you laugh at my jokes. Yeah, I think after 11 years, we're getting close to 11 years. I'm brainwashed now. Yeah, you know? I did that. Yeah, but sometimes when I make you laugh so hard that you can't speak, like where you go. <laughs> That's my favorite thing ever. Ah, cool. It's, well, we thought we mainly, were done with the preamble, let's but be we're honest, not. It's mainly when I recreate your fart noises. <laughs> yeah, see? And you yeah. laugh yeah. so hard that Especially you can't Especially if you breathe. just get it spot on. I know. By the way, did you guys know that everyone farts? Everybody does fart, that. and one of my absolute favorite games is trying to verbally <laughs> recreate the exact sound of yeah. Jason's. Yeah. If you're not in a relationship where you can just like laugh about each other's <laughs> farts, get a new relationship. Head over to Bumble, Tumble, or... <laughs> Binder, Linder, whatever they're called. Bumble and tumble. Bumble tumble. Bumble yeah. tumble. Yeah. You know the place. Are you someone who likes to do somersaults with other people? <laughs> do you want to date them? Come on over to Bumble Tumble. Okay, let's get into the actual episode. The reason why someone started playing this, which may have been the past 10 minutes, and they don't care about the rest of this part, but let's chat about it because I think it's going to be an interesting combo. Okay, the crux of the conversation revolves around this question. How important is originality and or original ideas to the success of your business. Yeah. Do you have to find the perfect, crazy different thing in order to be successful? Or can you find success? You know, basically like people think that that's the most yeah, important thing, totally. right? It's like I have to come up with this like crazy new idea yeah. and I can't do something if it's already been done before. Yeah. Um, you know, and then the flip side of that being – a lot of people anyway let's just start there yeah there's there's so many different directions we can go in this and the one that i want to start with for no other reason than just because it's the thing that comes top of mind and maybe it's not the best place to start but it's just where i want to start um so teachery we have this online course platform you've heard us talk about this uh we will get new customers especially to teachery who come in and they want to do the weirdest stuff with their courses like stuff i have never heard of anybody doing with the course ever before mm -hmm. and i understand their intention right like they want to do something original or different or what or what have you but a lot of times the things that they want to do are so cumbersome and technically difficult and like just unnecessarily like so unnecessary and and i think there's a really fine line between being original and doing things differently and then just like overdoing something because you're compensating for something else and and i think that like this is one example where it's like hey when people want to learn in an online course just make it easy for them like mm -hmm. don't make them have to do like they have to submit their homework to like get a new lesson and but like I also think there's a lot of like built-in things there about like just like our education biases and like how we think people are supposed to learn with like taking quizzes and whatever. Like I think we, studies have shown that like that doesn't really work that well. But my my point to that is that I think a lot of people get in their own way of creating anything, whether it's this course example or anything else, by going, oh, this has to be so wildly different or unique mm -hmm. that someone's going to think it's better than like just an online course. Yeah. And it's like, no, what you have to understand is that the mental bucket that someone understands is an online course. Right. So give them an online course and then just make the learning really awesome. Make the content really helpful. That in itself, besides all these bells and whistles and complications that you want, is what's going to make you succeed. Yeah, I would say even... <clears throat> Sorry, guys. <clears throat> it's okay. You all right? It's in there. Okay. Let me just really get it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> all right. I'm not going to take this part out because it's just fun for people to listen to. Let me like... just really get it. Uh-huh. I think we fall into that bucket very easily, you know, like 
what am I trying to say? We can sometimes fall into that trap Absolutely. because we are two people that care so deeply about originality, about being different, about owning our uniqueness. And we have to remind ourselves of that very often, which yeah. is like, hey, sometimes reinventing the wheel actually isn't a good idea here. Like you really need to, it's like this delicate balance between p playing in the realm of what someone can understand and then pushing that envelope a little bit, you yeah. know? Yeah. Like I, I think there is some sort of, term for that or whatever the end of like about innovation where you don't want to push it so far right that people are actually confused and so you kind of have to find that middle ground um but the place that this question actually takes me is something that we've talked about a lot which is if you're someone who values originality and being different a lot of times it can stop you from even starting because you go oh, I want to create like a branding course, but you look around and you go, there's so many branding courses in the world and I, how am I even going to be able to do it differently? I can't, so I'm just not even going to. Yeah. And so if you're someone who really wants to be different and you can fall prey to this idea that things are oversaturated, and so what's your advice to somebody who thinks that way? Yeah, I mean, I think this is the same for whatever it is, the thing that you want to create, if you think it's in a saturated market is no one will ever be able to compete with your stories your perspective and your unique processes. Now, here's the thing. If you're just getting started at the very beginning, you may not have stories. You may not have a process. You may not have experience. Guess what? You have to get them. You have to go you, get it. You have to put in the time to build up those things. So right now in your journey, it may not be the time to create a branding course because you don't have a unique outlook and perspective <laughs> that you can share. And that's just some hard truth for a lot of people to stomach where they see someone else doing something. They want to do that thing. Let's just stick with the branding course example. But you're not ready for that. Mm -hmm. and, and so we can even talk about your journey and this as well. You started out doing design work. You worked with a couple clients. Then you started, you know, obviously doing branding. That was your focus. And you started to have these calls with your clients where you would be giving them advice and doing whatever. But it took working with, I don't know what, 10 clients maybe is the realistic number before you thought, okay, you know what? I have a repeatable process I'm going to every time. Mm -hmm. I have some experiences with different parts of branding that I'm using every single time over and over. This is my unique value proposition. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily original or different from someone else, but it's my own that I've been through. And now I can teach that to people because I have built that up over a course of a year or two or however long that took. And that becomes when you have, you have the opportunity to say, hey guys, take my branding course. Here's my... X process. Here's my Y way of doing something. Here's my, you know, whatever the thing is. And that's when people go, oh, okay. It's not just a branding course. I'm also learning this, this, and this. Yeah. And I think the thing to underscore there is that, and, and we try to tell people this all the time is you are your unique selling proposition. Like yeah. you bring a completely different perspective. If you have the courage to kind of have the self-awareness to understand what makes you unique. So that that idea of like your you, your own unique selling proposition only works if you do the inner work to find out what makes you different. Yeah. And the reason I said the word courage is because sometimes it takes it it takes being brave in order to embrace that uniqueness because it won't always be the way that everybody else is doing something. Absolutely. So for to put that into context for um, us as business coaches. There's a couple of different things about our unique personalities that make us do things a little differently than a lot of business coaches. Number one, we're incredibly silly. Yeah. Like a lot of coaches, and maybe that's not a part of their personality, so they don't try to like fake it and infuse it into their business. 
but some coaches I feel like would be afraid to that they would lose professionalism points or lose expertise points by being as silly as we are talking about talking about socks, farts. talking about farts, talking about, <laughs> you know, but that is so deeply embedded in our personalities that we don't see a lot of people who are fun, like crazy and funny and silly and giving really tactical business advice. So that is our ability to stand out and be original by just being ourselves. Yeah. So we embrace that, but sometimes it takes a little bit of courage to be like, okay, fine. Like other people aren't doing it this way, but we want to do it this way, you know? And then you can see that we have doubled down on that by making like our coaching program, unboring coaching. We really use that unboring term a lot because it's a way for us to differentiate ourselves. So the idea of being business coaches is not original, but the way that we show up as business coaches is because it's unique to who we are. And yeah. you're an original and we're an original. And I think that there's a there's a really good little example there too, just of we could not have been business coaches a couple years ago. Right. It just would not have fit with where we were in our journey, with the experiences that we had. Like I know I was doing some coaching, but like it was not formal at all. It was someone emailing me being like, Hey, can I pay you to get on a call and like help me work through this thing and that's actually what gave you the the confidence and totally. the skill set to be able to then parlay it into wandering gameplay absolutely yeah and and i think that you brought up a really good point about courage and I, so i think this is a really interesting uh angle to go down our next road here in this conversation which is when you're getting started and you want to do something and you're thinking like okay how do i make this different how do i make this unique and then also what if I'm showing that to nobody? Like I'm putting all this extra work in. Do you remember what it felt like when you sent your first newsletter to four people, two of which were you and me? <laughs> yeah. Like, what did that feel like? Yeah. Because it, I think that's a really good example for maybe a lot of people listening to this who want to start a side hustle or want to start a new business or want to start whatever, or they have an existing business and they haven't even started a newsletter yet because they're afraid that I don't have any original content to put on a newsletter. There's so many or whatever that is. But, and how do you get over that? How do you push through that? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, what really helped, I don't know if this is even related, but I, it's just what comes to mind, was focusing on, like, the process. If I was focusing on what I was trying to achieve of, like, having this newsletter and having all these people that were following me and, and building my business, I feel like I would have felt like it was an insurmountable challenge or, like, an end result I would never get to. Um, and then I would only, all I would focus on is, like, how four people are so far Two. away from two people really <laughs> so far away from that result that I was trying to achieve but instead I just remember thinking I've already decided that I'm committing to this so let me focus on the the process of doing it here and now so I wrote a really if you remember that that yeah. email to two people was like really long yeah and I acted like I was writing it to 2,000 people yep. and it was because I was focusing on the process I wasn't saying like oh this is a waste of time because it's only two people I was like oh, I'm invested in it, so I'm just going to focus on doing it right now, not the result that I'm trying to get. Um, but yeah, it's scary. It's scary and it's overwhelming when you're starting. But I really just tried to focus on the fact that I had already committed. And so how can I find myself in the process? I don't know how that relates to originality, but... Well, I just think it's it's about the starting point of trying to go down the road of working on an original idea. Got it. And so, and so how that connects is... Because I was able to just focus on the doing of the thing, I was able to stack enough weeks on top of each other that I did develop my voice. Because the only way to develop your original voice and your original spin and your original process is all the things we're saying is by doing the work. It's yeah. by repetition. It's by practice. I've been thinking about this a lot lately as it relates to my art because I haven't picked up my art in a long time. 
And I, I almost feel lost when I think about where to start with my art. And it's because I just haven't practiced. Like I almost, I have this thing about originality now where I'm like, oh, well, like everybody's doing like abstract art on Instagram and everybody's doing like inspirational quotes on Instagram. So I'm very much in this place with my own personal art expression right now. And I'm like, yeah, well, the only reason that I haven't found a new frontier for my art is because I haven't committed to doing the practice to get to that unique voice again exactly to get to that new area where it is 100 percent me and nobody else it's new terrain that i haven't covered yet and that takes repetition and consistency yeah and i think that's really the important point that people lose sight of when they think of oh i want to create something that's original is that you're just going to like set that on your to-do list and then you're going to achieve that thing right you're not what you're going to do is you're going to say i want my fill in the blank to feel original or unique to other people how that happens is through repetition. How that happens is through consistently doing and tweaking and changing and trying and experimenting. And then eventually you get to a place where you are creating original art to other people, but even to you as the creator, it may not even feel original. Right. Because you may even still feel like it's abstract art with words on it. Right. And anyone can do that, but it's not to the person who's consuming it. Absolutely. And I think that's kind of a, a point about original ideas and original thinking is that, For you, the creator, it's a moving dot on the horizon, always. It is a target you will never get to and feel like, we are so original, I am so original, I do this thing, and everyone feels like it's an original idea. Yeah. Like, I I think a little bit, my Irish shirt project felt kind of like that, but it still didn't because there were always people doing advertisements and other things. Right. Like, so you, it was easy to convince yourself that like, like everyone was telling you, wow, this is such a crazy right. idea. This is so off the wall. This is so original. And you're probably like, well, I'm like, yeah, but there's TV. There's guys yeah, on TV talking you, about brands. It, like, it almost, you take it for granted. And, and that's like, what I mean. Yeah. Right. Like that illustrates the point of like, it didn't even feel like it felt original enough to start, but it didn't feel so original that I was like, I am an original idea person. No, it was like, <laughs> no, I, I'm an idea person and I was able to execute this thing and it feels unique to me. But do I feel like it's like the most original idea? No, not at all. But I think the point that you started out making, which is interesting, is that we get so caught up in our own self-doubt about that and about being original that we forget that to somebody else, you are. Like, yeah. it's kind of the thing of it's so hard to to know how other people perceive you. Like you have your own ideas or whatever, but you know, it's like when you ask a friend to describe you in three words or something and you're like, oh really? Those are the mm-hmm. three words that you describe me? And their perception of you is sometimes not always what you, how you think of you. Yep. Sometimes in a positive way. Like, you know, I remember a friend at the camp that I was speaking at and she, she gave me this necklace that had the word delight on it. And... I was like, this is the word. And it, and yet it felt so perfect for me, but it was like, I would never, uh, this is never a word that I would think about my personality as someone who delights in things or, you know, but, but it, I felt very seen in her seeing that in me. Yep. And I think there's a message there about remembering that it's okay sometimes if you don't think you're the most original, but you just got to like commit to that practice of trying to get there and remember that people are seeing you for the the ways that you are different in the world and they are seeing something unique that you bring to the table um but going back to what we were saying before about practice uh it also made me think of because right now well as as this comes out we will have already created this but i'm in the middle of creating our 
Notion Starter Pack that we're releasing. It's included in our Wandering Amphitheater Limited program, which is launching May 15th, going through March 29th. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are obsessed with Notion. It has like really transformed my organization of my life and business. And so as part of the spring launch, we're doing the Starter Pack. So you get all my templates. But the thing about it is for the longest time, I didn't feel like I had my own unique spin on notion right right right. because i started with someone else's templates and that's okay like that that's what got me started and then i said i'm gonna use this for you know six months until i get to the place i started to get to this place using someone else's framework that it started i started to outgrow it i started to go you know what i don't use this part that they actually use for themselves i use this part yeah and i started adding to it and rearranging things and reconfiguring things to better fit the way that my brain works and the way that it's functional for me. And that was the part where I started to notice like, oh, now I have my original spin on what this is. Exactly. So it's not like you come up with original ideas out of a vacuum. Right. You build on things. You give credit where credit is due. For example, my setup was was based on August Bradley on YouTube who does that. And I give him credit every chance yep. I, I get. Um, but I have my own spin on it now. And so the point that I want to make about that is what you were saying about, you don't just sit down and think, let me come up with a perfectly original idea. You, you take this from column A, you take this from column B, and then you commit to the practice of using it or trying it out or repeating a process until it morphs into something that is through your own unique lens. Absolutely. I mean, it makes me think of the very simple phrase, everything's a remix, which uh, while I give this little uh, side, will you look that up? Because I'd like to give credit to whoever like- Perfect. That became like a known saying. Yeah. I don't think it's Ira Glass, but for some reason that- his name comes to mind for it. He said a bunch of really helpful and important things. But the the I really love that point. And I do think that we're in a time here in 2021, as of this episode being recorded, where there really are no original ideas anymore. Like we are not in a time where someone is coming up with the most unique idea. It is something based on something else with a twist and a tweak and a little bit of a dial turned to make it feel a little bit unique or a little bit different. You got a frowny face on, is it? I'm no. trying to find it. I think it's Kirby Ferguson. Ferguson. Okay. Well, good enough. I just wanted to give some name, some credit uh, for this Yeah, phrase. but wouldn't you like it to be the right name and the right credit? I mean... Yeah. Kirby, Kirby Ferguson. Okay. Yeah, that everything is a remix. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just this idea that, like you just said, with the Notion, you know, this like the Notion dashboard that you're creating. And, and I think this is one thing I also want to talk about this because I think you and I have some interesting perspective on is people are afraid to give credit where it's due because they think other people won't see them as the expert or the original thinker. And we like our entire coaching program is built around this idea of intentional living. We did not come up with intentional living. Yeah. I think there's a magazine that was around in the eighties that was like intentional living or whatever. Like the idea of this has been around for so long. However, it is a, a cornerstone of what we talk about because we really like it as a thing. And it gets people to think about, hopefully, when they think about us, like, oh, they're intentional business owners. Right. They, they, you know, a phrase that we've thrown around a couple of times is calm businesses. We're not the first people to ever say that, that those two words have come together many times before we've said them. However, we really like that being an ethos that we stand by and that we kind of put out there. So, you know, my point is, you know, in those two examples, we don't have any credit to, to give where it's due, but the notion example is a really good one where even when you create this new dashboard that is quote unquote, your dashboard or our dashboard, 
it's inspired by August Bradley. We have, would not yeah. have gotten to that place without it. And it doesn't make your dashboard any less awesome. Yep. It just shows that, hey, yeah, I had to learn this from someone else too because I didn't know Notion when I first got started. Yeah, it doesn't diminish your originality by citing your sources and saying what went into the pot of creativity that you mixed together, that you remixed into this different thing. Like, I'll never forget the difference between, you know, um, I won't, now that I've said it, I want to give her credit. Um, this episode is just all about credit. <laughs> Keep talking and I will find the exact thing that I'm looking for. Yeah, I, I think this is just a note for anybody listening to this to think about if you're having like imposter syndrome or fraudy thoughts where you're just like, oh, fraudy. well, I've learned something from whoever. And like, you know, I'm kind of like using part of that to sell my program or whatever. That's fine. Just make sure you're giving credit for it. And really what we try and do is we try not to sell anything that's based on someone else's processes or, um, you know, specific advice. So, you know, August Bradley inspiring us to make a Notion database and dashboard of our own. We're not, that's not a linchpin thing that we sell yeah, and our if we, services if based on. If we were going to sell it, I would just make sure it's extremely different from his. Right. Um, I would I would be a lot more diligent about that. It's not to say that you can't. Or, for example, like selling a branding course, if if I use a framework inside of the teaching content, you just want to give credit. Yeah. Um, but And not frame the entire course around that. Yeah. But the thing I was looking for was Danielle from Hello Function. She, the name of her, her book, she has a little... Um, hardbound book called the brand planner which is really cool and it's like a bunch of worksheets that you fill out about your brand that really help lead you to your brand that you're creating and she asked me and she said hey i have your this particular exercise really helped me in your better branding course i'm thinking about putting together this book the brand planner can i use it in this exercise in there so she asked me yeah. for credit and she put it in the book and it's like that doesn't diminish the amazing thought that went into her creating that. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Versus I did find years ago, I somebody sent me this article and was like, isn't this really similar to your entire visual vocab module in Better Branding Course, which was an original idea that I came up with inside of Better Branding Course. I did all this work to try to come up with this way to bridge the gap between people, tone words for your brand, like happy or optimistic and visuals. Like I didn't see anyone at the time teaching people how to connect. Why does a, you know, um, why does a certain image evoke a certain tone word? Right. And so I was really teaching people how to bridge that gap using something I called visual vocabulary. And somebody sent me this article of this woman who had written this long article that was going viral on Pinterest about visual vocabulary. And it's almost word for word, my entire module in my branding course. Yeah. And I reached out to her and I was like, and did she take the course? Oh yeah, yeah. She was a customer. Yeah. And I was like, Hey, like this is really quite similar. Like this is not okay. Did it have any links back to your stuff? No, uh, yeah. it was just yeah. reselling it as her own original idea. And she literally was like, Oh, I'm just so sorry. Like, I really thought that I was like putting my own sp and it was like, no, like you just know that that's blatantly right. someone else's. Right. You're not, you didn't do anything to add any difference of opinion or any additional layer on top of it. And so, yeah, you have to be careful about that stuff of not just repurposing someone else's. Um, and I think it happens a lot these days, especially with like things being passed around on social media. And I'm sure there have been times where we unintentionally shared you know, some tidbit of a nugget of something that, totally. and so, but you know, you just really have to put in that 
effort to try and give credit where credit is due. Yeah. But it doesn't diminish your work, yeah. including someone else's credit. Yeah. I, I think the, the key there is you also have to realize like your subconscious remembers all right. the things you're consuming right. all the time. And so it's on you as the creator of things to make sure whenever you're putting something out in the world, you're not saying like, okay, part of my branding process is visual vocabulary. Like where did that come from? Right. Okay. That came from Caroline. Okay. So maybe I'm not going to call it visual vocabulary. Maybe I'm going to call it my like tone word, you know, visual experience and mention, Hey, this is inspired by, right. You know, Caroline's Zook from better branding course. Or and whatever. here's how it's different. Right? Yeah. And, and just to own the fact that you were inspired by someone else. Like, I think that's part of the, the thing where people, they feel like it's going to diminish again. Like I said, someone seeing you as an expert, if you mention that you were inspired by someone else, we're all inspired by other people, like yeah. all of us collectively. And there's no one who runs, especially a creative online business who has not been inspired by a book that they've read, a blog post that they read, an Instagram account they follow, a YouTube video that they watched, a documentary. Like we're all inspired by something and, and, I and think just if, give credit. And I think if anything, a different way to think about it is also when you do that, you in many ways, you elevate your expertise because you position yourself as someone who is a curator of information and a curator of different sources. And I think people respect you more for going, oh, that person cared enough to not only are they someone who seeks out different, you know, thought leaders and things like that. So they're someone who is diligent about education themselves, but they also are a thoughtful enough person to give credit. And I think that 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 only gives you respect in someone's eyes instead of co trying to come off like you have all yeah. these like original yeah. ideas. That... And I think that that really is just a lot of imposter syndrome or self-doubt or whatever that like you see it float to the surface when people try and say that like every one of their thoughts is their own. Like, yeah. and I, we've even done this. I, I know I have for sure. It's like your, your ego saying like, well, I want to be important. Like I'm the yeah. most important. It's like, yeah, but everything's a remix. So mm -hmm. you're not, thank you, Kirby. Like you're not that important and your ideas are not that original, even if they may feel like it or you may not have seen a lot of people doing it. It's a confluence of a bunch of things. So yeah. switching gears, yeah. I wanted to ask uh, this question to both of us for our listeners, which is, how important are original ideas to succeed as an online business owner? Because I think there's a lot of nuance here. There's a lot of gray area here. But if you're someone who's like, okay, I want to make a business. Can I still make an online course or do I have to like make something different? If I want to run a membership, do it like, right. do I have to be like so unique in how I do it? Like how does my well, idea I think succeed? In my eyes, we kind of already answered that question, which is um, it's, it's important to the extent that you bring your original voice to it. The idea itself, in my eyes, does not have to be a completely original idea, but your take on it, your lens on it, should be original because you're original. Yeah. That's kind of my answer. And we yeah. already, you know, touched on that quite a bit. What do you think? Yeah, I think that there, I think you need to be able to explain the thing that you sell what we call a two-word tango, which uh, we probably stole that from somewhere. Um, I don't think so. I don't <laughs> think so that we either. came out two-word tango came from anyone but us. Probably from our weird brains. But you need to be able to explain whatever the thing is that you sell in, it, in as many as two words so someone can put it in a mental bucket. Online course, membership community, branding program, like whatever it is. But then the way that that idea is presented as original to people is in your stories, in your things, in your experiences. And you have to be able to balance both of them where yeah. someone can quickly get it. Like, okay, Wandering Gamefully Unlimited. It is a membership community for lack of a better, like it's an online, it's a coaching, coaching program. program. Like that's what it is. 
but there's a lot of different weird things that we do. You get a software product included. You get a, a, a robot AI you know, audio coaching experience, which is just super weird. And it's not the linchpin of what we sell. What we sell is monthly live coaching on one thing for your business. But it's all these other parts of it that I think really help people to go, well, yeah, like there, it, I'm not just getting coaching. So this does feel more unique, original, different than I would get from other people who are doing coaching. Right. But it's like you're saying, it's towing the line between <clears throat> describing it in such a way that it is simple and understandable and within the framework of what someone understands while then sort of sneaking in the back door some original things in it. I will give you an example of when originality uh, went awry for me in, yeah. the, in this realm and it's Color Your Soul. Mm, so yeah, yeah, yeah. those of you who have been around for a while maybe will remember this product, but this was when I had my solo business made vibrant many years ago. I really wanted to launch this product that I had never seen been done before. Yeah. Can and you I, even explain it in a two-word nope, tango? Um, nope, no, Yeah, I can't. exactly. So what I now know is like I should have called it like an art membership. Right. You know, like a Patreon basically right. is what it was. But what I, my vision for it was this like digital magazine monthly aware <laughs> self-awareness experience thing, okay? Yeah. And so it, it was very weird. Like it had this I was going to release like an online course every, like a small online course every month with a digital magazine, with these journaling prompts. Like it was like and a And how full much were you going to charge for this? $39 or whatever okay. or something like yeah, that. I think it was less than that. It was, no, it was like 30 bucks. Like I, it was like 30 bucks. Okay. But there was a lot of moving parts to it. And part of what excited me about the idea was that it was original yeah. and that it felt different and I didn't see anyone doing it. And that was really enticing to me. But what I learned from that project was I, it was too original. Exactly. It was, it was not something that people could understand. I was not positioning it correctly. There were a lot of kind of, I, I think if I had worked on that idea, I could have fixed the marketing, but there was a lot more hidden uh, pitfalls in that idea, namely that it was just taking too much time to create. Yeah. Like the the economics of time for money yes. were not working out. Yeah. But, um, you know, that was a really important lesson for me in, yeah, but sometimes you have to learn that through experimentation. Like I would never take back the time or effort I put into that project because I had a vision and I really wanted to see if it would sink or swim and it sunk yep. and that's okay. Yeah, I absolutely. only, I only learned by doing it. And I think if I had been like, Oh, you know, this is too innovative. People aren't going to understand it. And then just tabled the idea. I might always wonder what if, yeah, and, for sure. and now I don't ever have to wonder that. Yeah. And I, I think these are such really great experiences to have because it shows you it's the hot stove moment. We talk about this in so many different other applications too, where you just go, Oh, okay. That's too far. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I, I can't explain this simply. Yeah. Uh, there's a reason why the elevator pitch is a known thing in business. It's like, if you can't explain to someone in like one floor of an elevator being a ride, like then it's not simple enough for someone to yep. get in. And, and if it's not simple enough, then guess what? People won't buy it. So it has to be able to be simplified. So even now, as we think back on like, okay, it'd be an art membership, but even still a course every month, like a digital magazine every yeah. month, like all these prompts, like it's too much. It's, yeah. it's it, the economics don't work out. The time doesn't work out. And that hot stove moment, I think, is so important to learn everyone to learn their own hot stove. Because for some people, it's going to be different. For some people, it's going to be like, I can't even do, you know, 10 prompts in a month. You know, like, yeah. of course, that business is not for me. Yeah. 
But my my point is that I think this is such an important part of our journey, all of us, to go on as business owners, is to make these mistakes. And yeah, it sucks in the moment. And yeah, we had to write however many refund emails yeah. and like let people know. And you know, it it hurt your it hurts your ego a ton. But you move forward. And now Absolutely. a couple of years later, we've learned we learned a lot from that experience to then put into our Wandering Aimfully Unlimited program where we can learn, okay, what's too much? You know, yeah. and, and what we realized was one live monthly coaching call, that's it. That's what we offer. That is our commitment to you. You get all the other stuff. And you know, yeah, we're trying to do two products per year, but we can do two products per year. We, we've proven that. Yeah. Um, but it's really to simplify things down, make them very explainable, the two word tango, so people get it. And then yeah, throw some original spice on some top of spice. it. Spice. But don't make the whole thing so original right. and you know just like oh it's a this and a that and a this and then the person on the other end is like i guess i'll give you money like yeah, i don't really I'm know what really i'm sure. paying for yeah exactly and that's just a good lesson to learn yeah um one last thing i wanted to say which is not about originality but it just reminded me the color your soul thing the thing that i love about failure is that it builds resilience mm -hmm. and trust in your own resilience and this is a really important lesson that I've learned the last five years of my life, which is that if you never put yourself in a position to fail, you never learn that you'll be okay on the other side of failure yeah. and you will live your entire life afraid. And I lived a afraid for many, many, many years, afraid I'm talking in like an anxiety, like physical world sense, but also, you know, business and taking risks and things like that. It wasn't until I was put in a position where I had to really be down on my luck with my anxiety or fail a couple times in business to realize that the the fear and the the fear of the pain was so much worse than the pain itself, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. And once you do that a couple of times, you kind of feel like you're you're fireproof, you know what I mean? And you enter you just have so much more freedom in your life because you go this will not end me. Like if I try this business idea and it doesn't work out, if I try this original thing and it doesn't work out, like that is when you can really embrace the, it's all an experiment mindset that we preach so much yep. because you're unafraid because you know, you'll pick yourself up and you'll try again and that's okay. So I wanted to end on that note because I know a lot of the people who listen to this podcast or in our membership deal with this idea of fear of failure or fear of what if this idea doesn't work out. And my biggest wish for you guys is that you would realize that you're strong enough and resilient enough to put your ideas out there, whether they work out or not, yep. you will be okay. And you will dust yourself off and you will try the next thing. And I wish that freedom and that courage for every single person, because it's the best feeling in the world. You're just unstoppable because yep. you're like, great, either it works out and that's amazing or it doesn't. And I learn and I move on. Yeah. And I think just to put a pin on that, we, as the people who create things, when things don't work, it's like it let, it sticks with us for so long. When they don't work from a, a customer side of things, they're like, oh, I didn't really get that next email in my inbox. Like, right. That's the amount of time someone cares Good point. about how much your thing didn't work. Absolutely. It, it is literally such a blip on their radar. And yeah. the more that you can understand that, that, and that's been a big game changer for me with you know, I've come up with a bunch of crazy ideas now. And the thing that about all these different weird, crazy ideas that I've had is just that like, for so many people, they don't care at all. Yeah. And they don't even notice them. And so I just got over the fact of like, 
oh yeah, it doesn't matter because I'm just gonna, I'm gonna pop, probably come up with something else because everything's a remix. So I'm gonna consume more things subconsciously and then something's gonna come to my mind. And that some people are gonna like it and some people aren't. And if it doesn't yeah. work out, that's fine. I'll come up with another one later on. Right, it's the classic thing of like, people aren't thinking about you as much as you think they are because they're too busy thinking about Absolutely. themselves and how much they think other people are thinking about them. Is that, it's just a, <laughs> it's like a time paradox, but also in like a human it's, thought it's paradox. It's like an ego paradox. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that'll wrap up this episode. We hope we had some original thoughts here. Probably not. Probably not. More Everything's just, a remix. More just a bunch of thoughts from other places and things. Uh, I'm going to not talk about movies to end this because I want to know if people like us talking about movies to end this. Okay. So we don't get a lot of feedback On the from like, part. oh, thanks for like re- recommending virtuosity like we did last week. Right. If you like the movies, send us an email, hello at Wandering Aimfully, or leave a review on, on the Apple Podcasts and let, let us know that, like, I mean, get some good business information, but I stick around for the classic movie exactly. reviews. Exactly. Is it a business podcast or is it a classic movie podcast? You Hard never to know. Tell. Or Jason Does Voices That Caroline Hates podcast. Baby, please don't. That came out sounding like baby, <laughs> and it grossed me out. We are babe people, not baby people. Ba- baby. Ooh. Baby. Ooh, baby. So send us an email. Hello at com. Do you want us to keep doing the movie reviews? Do you not like the movie reviews? Give us some feedback. We'll probably keep doing them anyway, but just let us know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. That's it for this episode. Make sure to check out com slash join if our coaching program feels like something that's right for you. Uh, check it out between March 15th and March 29th. That's our spring enrollment wanderinginfo.com slash join. Okay. 